Bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad things. To the 40, 35, into the 30, cut back 25, into the 15, 10, 5, touchdown! This is the best bad idea we have, sir. Hey guys, um, as promised, I'm here around lunchtime to do a very quick uh, fantasy hit uh, here to make up for that missed episode last week. Um, so we're here <laughs> as I normally start the podcast. We're here. Uh, I am live, not pre recorded. Um, subject for today is uh, what normally people would call a sleeper in fantasy. So someone that's going around free um, or close to that's going uh, pretty late that you might want to take a shot on because you waited on that position or because you want some depth there. So um, that's the the topic for fantasy today for some housekeeping notes, I guess. Um, a little shout out, shout out to uh, my one of my co-hosts, Billy. Uh, your Phillies are in first place. Uh, there's something to be excited about with baseball. So um, they're playing really well. Bryce Harper looking well worth the contract, even though everybody wanted to say otherwise just a week ago. Secondly, if you guys haven't seen, um, Carter Hart has been signed for three years, around $4 million a year. So um, a pretty team-friendly bridge deal, uh, a little bit of a prove-it deal for Carter. Um, so that position is now locked up for three years, um, and it doesn't. It's not uh, going to be prohibitive to move around with the roster for the next little while. Um, otherwise, that's a little bit of the local sports news. Nothing new on the Sixers front. Uh, now that the Olympics are over, maybe we'll uh, see some things going there. But otherwise, not much uh, going down on the Sixers front. So we're here to talk, to talk fantasy. Um, if you guys, it's about draft season, you know, like uh, we did for my home league. We did our draft order. Um, so it's about that time. Uh, I don't know how early you guys draft, but it's coming if you haven't already. Um, so I, I always advise to get uh, those those drafts as late as possible for those last minute preseason injuries or last minute camp injuries, but sometimes schedules are what they are getting 10 to 12 people to uh, agree to a certain date or a certain time is not easy. So historically, these are players that we called sleepers and I'm not the biggest fan of that term um, only because at this point in how everybody finds information and where they get their information uh, you've heard of most of these players or you listen to somebody who's talked about those players or you've read something or whatever. So I don't think sleeper's quite the right term. Uh, and right now we're we're just going to say that these guys are going either very cheap or next to free. So uh, to my trusty notebook here, uh, I'm still a pen and paper guy. Um, so we'll start with quarterback because that's a position that most people wait on. And one of the guys I really like to take a shot on late right now, especially if I waited and we're getting towards the end of the draft, is Tua uh, Tungavailoa from 
Miami. Miami invested a lot in weapons to put around Tua. And before his injury, one of the strong points uh, for Tua was that he got rid of the ball fast. So um, I think that there is a lot to, I don't know, last season wasn't great, but there's a lot to like as far as like prior to last season and prior to his injury. And they went out and got guys. They drafted Jalen Waddell. They brought in the now suspended uh, Will Fuller for two games, plus he has an injury. Um, but they brought him in as well. Uh, looks like the rookie tight end that they drafted is hurt. But there's weapons there. Devontae Parker's still there. Gasicki has been a nice receiving tight end, even though it seems like he comes out in blocking situations and really is just an oversized slot receiver at this point. Um, that's not hate on Gasicki. I'm a Penn Stater, if you've seen the website. Um, I'll always root for Penn State guys, but his his role is really a slot, big slot receiver. So, but he's got good hands. So, and Tua is basically free. He's going after Baker Mayfield. Um, he's the, let me see here. I took my notes. The 22nd quarterback off the board. So if you're in a 12-team league, chances are he would not go drafted. If you're in a 10-team league, he definitely won't get drafted. Um, if you wanted to wait a week to see what it looks like, I understand. But it's a player that's not costing anything. So uh, I would advise it. I also, if you're drafting now and you're looking at what do I want to do, uh, right now both Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill are free. Draft them both. Um, my advice is if you waited, again, the same thing. Maybe you don't want Tua or one of these late guys. You're in a home league, even if it's a one-quarterback one quarter, one league. You're in a home league where quarterbacks tend to go off the board fast. Take them both. And we all tend to think of like, well, if James is the starter, it's better for the offense. Look, in the weeks last season that Taysom started, um, if you count 11 to 14, he was quarterback six. If you take 12 to 14, he was quarterback eight. So um, while he didn't put up world-beating numbers, he didn't drop a 40 or a 35, he was serviceable. Sean Payton runs a good offense. So if you, if you've waited, if you found yourself in, I'm not really, I don't want Tua, I don't want Baker. I don't want some of these late guys, Fitzpatrick. Take them both. Take them both. They're one of them. Whoever starts is going to be worth something. Um, and you can take, take them both and see how it goes. You can take them both and decide you're going to still want to stream the position. There's nothing wrong with that. They're not costing you anything. Um, They're about the quarterback 38 off the board. Because I guess we're we're nervous about who's starting. One of them will start. If you've gotten into round 12 and you don't have a quarterback, take Hill. I think right now he looks like the favorite starter. Take Winston the next round. They're not costing you anything. And see where you end up. Both, whoever starts will have a decent fantasy season. While they're probably not going to offer you the same upside as Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. All you're looking for is 20 points out of the quarterback position. Um, I can't see why one of those guys, if they're the starter, uh, couldn't get you a serviceable season. At worst, quarterback 12. Um Next on my list is tight end, another position people tend to wait at. 
Um, there are two guys that I really like to take late. Well, really three. But the guy that I'm going to mention here is Adam Troutman, another New Orleans player. He's currently tight end 19 off the board or the 192nd pick. If you guys don't know, for example, um, Jared Cook had seven touchdowns last year and nine touchdowns the year before. So being a tight end in New Orleans can have touchdown upside. And I feel like once you get beyond maybe like that top three, four player, they're all touchdown dependent. So if you know that the team is going to throw uh, in the red zone to the tight end, then it's a valuable player to have. So I would say go for it with Adam Troutman. He's not costing you anything. Um, I think that the the catchphrase for tight end this season has been like, um, if you don't go great, go late. <laughs> and I would probably advise you to do the same. For me, um, basically, once it gets beyond Kyle Pitts, who for in my ranking is quarterback five, uh, once it gets beyond him, they're all kind of just touchdown dependent. So you might as well be late. And for Troutman, if we're talking about a touchdown-dependent position, there's not a lot of passing targets uh, in New Orleans. You're looking at Kamara as probably the main target at this point. Traquan Smith uh, is the number one receiver, but uh, he has had trouble staying on the field. So um, I would go for it with Troutman. He's Again, you're talking about 192nd pick, tight end 18. And if you're, again, if you're in a 12 team league, he's not costing you anything. On another note, if you still, if you want to take tight end a little earlier and want a little less speculation, um, I've been a fan of John U. Smith. He is also not expensive. He is now in New England. If you haven't paid attention to roster changes, I would go for it with John U. Smith. Um, the New England playbook, when they have good tight ends, they throw to tight ends. Uh, I like Jonu Smith more than I like Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry's another player that's had a hard time staying on the field. So, And then to stick with the Smith um, last name, I also advise on taking Irv Smith. These are tight ends that are all pretty cheap. Um, the, know your league. We say this all the time on the podcast, but know your league. Know uh, if there's a run that... They might not exactly be free, but you might be able to wait to run out and get these players. They offer good upside. Um, Minnesota is a low-volume passing offense, but Thielen is getting long in the tooth. Uh, he's pr- pretty touchdown dependent, so outside of Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith might actually provide a lot of value for later in your drafts. So those are three tight ends, three, sorry, three tight ends that I really like. Um, that are not really costing you much, uh, and they provide upside. And at a position where once you really get beyond Kittle, <laughs> it's uh, it's a crapshoot. Uh, you're, you're trying to take a mixture of upside, and there's not really a safe player. And what does a safe tight end look like? Um, what do you want, four points a week rather than like a week where you got nine and a week where you got one? Um, so there's not really much of a safe player at that position. There's different varying degrees of upside and different varying degrees of cap. 
Um, so my opinion is, is if you don't get the, one of the top three, I would probably wait barring Kyle Pitts. And that's not that I'm saying Kyle Pitts is the number four tight end. It's just I think he has more upside than, um, let's say, Noah Fant, or he has more upside than, let's say, uh, Robert Tunyon. So it might be worth it to pay up, but know that it might blow up in your face. Um, so if you don't want to pay up and have it blow up in your face, these guys are free. Um, so when you're talking about running back and receiver and you're talking about sleepers or late picks or free picks, remember, everybody has to start at least two. Um, everybody has to start at least two. Uh, and if not a third at, at um Flex and some of you guys are in probably in three receiver leagues, so they might have to start three, maybe four receivers. So when it comes to these free guys, now these get to be a little bit more speculative. Um, there's less of a, there might be less of a path to rushing attempts or to targets or to um, ability to score. So when we're talking about these guys, these might be guys that you have to draft and hold. There might be guys that you draft, hold, and drop, but they're not costing you anything at the draft. And um, since we're talking about leading into the draft, you're going to want some guys with upside um, at the end of your drafts. Look, your hit rate, right? The guys that work out, as you get beyond the top four rounds, it gets less and less. And each round, it gets lower and lower. Billy, um, if you're, uh, me and Billy go back and forth, if you see, well, Will, as he is on, on here, um, I don't advise anybody to have, have kickers in their fantasy league. So if you're wearing a kicker jersey, I mean, great. <laughs> um, but it's a position we put pretty much zero research into. And, it, you know, for what it's worth, in my opinion, it's like playing poker with wild cards. Um, sure, that can be fun, but grow up. Is that curmudgeonly enough for you, Will? Grow up. I don't, I don't know, but come on. You spend, I don't care if you spend five minutes looking at your ranks before your draft. That's five minutes more than you spend analyzing kickers. So it's just a position I would advise you to get rid of in your leagues. I understand that there is some apparently love because we, of to tradition. Um, so that is what it is, but I would advise you to get rid of that position. So, we will move on to wide receiver. Um, here's two wide receivers that I um, will name here, and then I'll, I'll name a third. But um, Darnell Mooney is currently pick 139. He's the second receiver in Chicago. Some of that is, is they shipped Anthony Miller out of town, who was everybody's kind of sleeper in the past. Darnell Mooney was good enough for them to move on from Anthony Miller. That's one. Um, two is if they make a change, well, two is let's start with this. Andy Dalton is slated to be the starter as of today. Andy Dalton for all his flaws will be the best quarterback that Chicago has had, um, for quite a few years. So maybe going back to Cutler. Um, so that's one, two is if they decide to move on and, and start, uh, the rookie, that's even better. That's even better. Um, obviously, he's not as good a receiver as Allen Robinson is, right? This is not me saying like, oh, I'm drinking lemonade, actually. 
Um, I'm not on vacation. <laughs> I am just off on Mondays. So, and tequila, no, no thank you. You might catch me with a whiskey or a scotch, but tequila, Billy. At this hour, anyway, um, I have my trusty lemonade. Because I can't even drink iced tea at my age anymore. But um, Darnell Mooney, he's a nice speculation pick. Don't draft him thinking he's going to end up being your wide receiver two or wide receiver one. But he could have a very nice season that you could spot start. And again, he's free. As I said, um, pick 139. That's uh, later than the 10th round. So anytime you get later than the 10th round, uh, they're basically free in my opinion. And if you're drafting 10th round players that you need, you've made a mistake somewhere. So um, other than uh, Darnell Mooney, I actually really like the rookie in uh, Baltimore, Rashad Bateman. Um, Rashad Bateman, obviously a rookie. Baltimore, not exactly a high-volume passing offense. Um they haven't really done a good job of having quality receivers around Lamar Jackson. Rashad Bateman is a good receiver. Now, they went out and signed Sammy Watkins. At this point, we kind of know what Sammy Watkins is, right? Um, he's going to miss some time. Yes, he can catch some touchdowns. He's not blazingly fast. Um, we've seen it. We've seen him through where, where Buffalo, <laughs> uh, the Rams— Kansas City, and now Baltimore. You usually don't see true high-end receivers change teams this much if they're still in their prime. So um, that being said, Watkins isn't a bad receiver. He's just, at this point, not that player that was selected over Julio. Um, so I like Rashad Bateman. Uh, it seems like Holly, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, again, another player that maybe doesn't match up to where his dra draft capital was. You know, former first-round pick. Just doesn't seem to be uh, adding up to that draft stock. I like Rashad ba Bateman a lot. If uh, Again, let me see here. He is pick 169. So if you're in a 12-team league, you can do the quick math. Uh, you're talking about 14th round. So if he misses, you don't – what do you look like? Um, I'm not sitting here. I'm not going to sit here and say Rashad Bateman is going to be this year's Chase Claypool, but um, Rashad Bateman because of where he's going, like what his cost is. Jamar Chase is a fifth round pick, um, obviously much more expensive. Where Bateman is a lot cheaper, and he might end up being the one. Again, low volume passing offense but he might end up being the one. And when you're taking shots on these guys late, you know, there there's time there are times where having the two is on a good offense is better than having the one on a bad offense. The problem is is Baltimore's not a bad offense, they just don't pass a lot. Last season represented the most in terms of target percentage that they had to the wide receiver over the last 3 years. And at like um let me ha I have my notes, but uh, about 56 0.4% of all their passes went to the wide receiver last season. Um, I don't know. Do you think of Kansas City as a bad passing offense? 
they passed the wide receiver about 57% of the time last season. So, yes, some of that is because Kelsey is so good. Um, but nonetheless, let me see here. It was more than New Orleans threw the wide receiver or the New York Giants had Giants. But still, it, it sounds lower than it actually is. So who's Rashad Bateman competing with for volume targets? Well, we mentioned it, right? Hollywood Brown and Sammy Watkins. Even as a rookie, I think there's a lot of potential here for him to end up the target leader on that team. Uh, Will you get a personalized cheat sheet? Sure, but you also can go to drivewayathletes.com. And there are three formats up there for download. Um, the straight up, you know, broken down by position rankings, a straight one top 153 um, rank, and then tiered rankings. So if you want to personalize one, Billy, sure. Uh, but for the masses, you can go straight to drivewayathletes.com. You can find some printable... Uh, Sheets there through a, a Google document, um, and then maybe a like a, a preview. Uh, if you guys use Squarespace, it's great, but they're not that great with putting PDFs up for people to download. So I have to kind of import a PDF into another program, change it into a picture file, put that up, and that's not necessarily the most like um, download friendly. So if you follow the link, it's not a virus, I promise. Um, you can print those sheets out. Autographed? Ah. Uh, you can autograph it yourself. Um, as you can see here, me and Billy are going back and forth. He is the one of the co-hosts on Driveway Athletes. Um, so after Rashad Bateman, um, another player, again, we've been waiting for a breakout or a huge year from, and it just hasn't happened. But he's pretty much free. He's going at pick 256. Uh, Cordell Patterson, he's in Atlanta now, and obviously we all know that Atlanta shipped off Julio Jones, who, again, he's getting a little long in the tooth as well. So Atlanta shipped off Julio Jones, and we're trying to read the tea leaves of what that offense is going to do. We know that Calvin Ridley is going to get his, right? And Russell Gage, who uh, is more slot receiver, will probably also get a good amount of targets, and we're projecting Kyle Pitts to get a lot. Atlanta, as opposed to the other teams, is a high-volume passing offense. So why am I saying take Patterson? He might be third or fourth. Well, here's the thing. Patterson, you can start at two positions, wide receiver and running back, at least right now, and that's on ESPN. Depending on what uh, software you use, you might not be able to, but he's one of these players that's truly a two-position player. Second, Atlanta is relying on Mike Davis, who as their lead back, they, uh, and um, let me see here. I don't know if I had written down the, uh, the backup, but basically they're relying on Mike Davis and uh, Quadria. I, I'm drawing a blank on his uh, name, but they're, they're relying on Mike Davis. Who's never really carried the ball more than 180 times in a season. Um, who while serviceable in Carolina, we don't have a long history of him being a true three down back. So uh, Cordell Paris Patterson may find himself on the field more than he has in other landing spots. Um, again, I'm not sitting here saying draft him, expect him to be your third running back 
or third receiver. What I'm saying is, is there's a pathway for him to see a decent workload and he's free. And if it doesn't work, you cut him. It doesn't cost you anything. We've been waiting for this player to break out or, or be special since he was in Minnesota. It just hasn't quite happened. But given the passing volume of this team, the lack of rushing, and his known receiving abilities, he may be a nice grab and stash and, and see what happens. And again, it's not costing you anything. Don't go reaching for him. Don't go making thinking you've got this secret formula. Just a nice free player, and if it doesn't work, he costs you maybe what what a kicker costs you, Billy, if you're in a kicker league. So in addition to um, Patterson, who you can start at both, I have running back Xavier Jones, who's currently going as uh, I think running back 70. Um, so not pick 70, but running back 70. This is the second back on the Rams. So he finds himself in an increased workload due to the injury to Cam Akers. Obviously, we're all expecting Daryl Henderson to take the lion's share of that backfield. The issue is, is I don't know that he can run the ball more than 40 or 55% of the running plays. They're going to need another player. Henderson has been nothing special coming out. And if you look at his statistics last season, again, nothing special. That being said, um, Xavier Jones has found himself behind something that hasn't been special. So remember, uh, this is speculation, but there may be a pathway to a decent workload. You don't find great running backs when you get into the double-digit rounds. You find you want to look for guys that have a pathway to a good workload. This is a player, should Henderson go down? Should Henderson fall on his face? Should Henderson be Henderson? Uh, may find himself with the lion's share of this backfield. Right now it doesn't look that way, but it is possible. Unlikely, but possible. And even in a lower workload, he might still be decent. So um, Xavier Jones is a player I like that's basically um, free. And then who's really free right now that I would say, yeah, you know, it's not special kickers. Yeah, it, well, they used to be. Remember when, like, there were such things as, like, automatic kicks? It's like anything inside the, like, 35 pretty much, you know, set your watch to. Not saying it necessarily would draft them on fantasy, but those days are over. Um, so get out of your leagues that have kickers. I <laughs> or make them miserable enough. I guess that's mine and Billy's approach. Make the league miserable enough that eventually people will cut it, too. Uh, even if you're not running that league. So a guy that's basically free um, that uh, we right now, so in New York, we don't have a clear picture that of when Saquon Barkley is going to be ready. Uh, right now, I think as of yesterday, they said something to the effect of he should be ready by week three. Um, so at the end of your drafts, even if you haven't drafted Barkley, I'd say go for it and, and draft Devontae Booker. Um, he's free, and he might have a guaranteed three-down roll for three weeks, and then you'll figure it out after three weeks. Um, I'm a big fan of... I wouldn't roster him... Say we know Barkley is starting week one. I don't really like rostering handcuffs that much anyway. Not in today's NFL, only because the roles are split for most teams. 
we have a rushing specialist and a receiving specialist. And if the one gets hurt, then the guy who fills in might not necessarily get all of the work. But if I'm going to draft a handcuff, I usually want someone else's. Um, Because God forbid I take, say I take um, Dalvin Cook. I picked two. Well, yeah, I can take Madison and Cook goes down. But what if Madison just isn't as good and uh, I want to have Darianton Evans or Tony Pollard? You know, it diversifies your roster. Um, So I do like to have, if I'm going to take a handcuff, I prefer to have a handcuff on another team. But you're not taking Booker as a handcuff. You're taking him as possibly a starter for the first two to three weeks, potentially. And if he's not, you cut him. He's your last round pick. When you're, you know, if you pick the defense before the very last round, he's he could be your last round pick. And in that regard, if he's good and the Barkley injury drags on or he comes in and then leaves again, um... Do I handcuff kickers? I think I'd rather handcuff myself um, to a radiator. Uh, no, you don't handcuff kickers. Get out of your leagues that have kickers. Um, uh, Chris, I don't know if you were on earlier, but uh, the, the phrase I used is it's playing poker with wild cards or, or jokers, and it's time for people to grow up a little bit. Um, so after those two players, those are the late players. Now, if you've listened to our podcast, the Driveway Athletes podcast, I know I'm broadcasting from a few spots right now, um, but if you listen to Driveway Athletes podcast, uh, you can find that on anywhere you get podcasts. Just search it. Um, The only one by that name. Um, You know how much I like Travis Etienne. Now, if you don't want to pay the price up for a player like Etienne, you can draft Michael Carter as pick 83 or Trey Sermon as pick 94. You're talking about 7th and 8th round, respectively, if you're in a 10-team league. 8th um, and ninth round if you're in a 10-team league. Um, probably a little later if you're in a 12-team league. So 8th and ninth round if you're in a 10-team league. That is significantly cheaper than the 5th round that ETN provides. Michael Carter's path to starting is behind... Um, oh, Jesus, now I'm going to blank on his name. <laughs> uh, he was in Atlanta and then San Francisco. Um, he's that forgetful. But anyway, the pathway for him to get to is is uh, blocked by LaMichael P. Ryan. And um, if you give me a slight pause while I look up um, the other player on the depth chart here. But all right, so what we'll do is we will... Um, we will say Trey Sermon, right? Trey Sermon, another rookie. Michael Carter and Trey Sermon are rookies. Trey Sermon's path to starting is tied up by Raheem Mostert, who can't seem to stay on the field, and Jeff Wilson, who can't seem to stay on the field. So um, these two players are cheaper than Etienne and Javante Williams, who are um, a lot more expensive right now, and who... um, have that similar rookie who might take over the um, the carries. So, um, for the most part, those are the names that I've I was thinking when I wanted to jump on to um, do this. And again, I pause while I'm hammering and hammering to get this name of the player that's in front of Michael Carter. 
Um, I do apologize, but it is important for me to be honest. Tevin Coleman. Why couldn't I think of that name? So Michael Carter's path is held up by LaMichael P. Ryan and Tevin Coleman. Uh, when you're talking about hit rate for a running back, um, eight round plus, you're not usually going to find many that have a pathway to a workload, um, especially a one workload. Uh, the Jets basically bring in that San Francisco um, running style. Well, usually they do employ multiple backs. It is a rush-heavy offensive scheme. So there might be, if if Michael Carter ends up winning, beating out the great Tevin Coleman and the great LaMichael Pirine, if um, he does, he could be very valuable. And again, uh, when you're when you're talking about players like this, I'm not going to like necessarily say that it's definitely a league winning type player, but when you hit on a later pick, it softens if you busted earlier. Now, obviously, you want to limit how much you bust in your earlier picks because you want these players to be able to, to also take you over the top. Um, if you listen to the podcast, you'll know like last year I was able to grab Justin Jefferson off waivers, but I drafted so poorly it really didn't get me where I needed to be. So um, that kind of wraps up uh, where I was, what I wanted to accomplish today, which was make up a little bit for my our missed episode um, late last week. Uh, we do two podcasts per week. We will be back on Thursday and Friday with those. Um, otherwise, feel free to uh, visit the website, drivewayathletes.com. Feel free to uh, search for the podcast if you like what it is I have to say. Um, and lastly, I'm going to do what I always do on Philly Sports Alliance uh, as I close out our, our hockey show, which is, you know, there. I do a hockey show on Philly Sports Alliance. I probably should have said that before. But anyway, um, they we're, we're kind of co-broadcasting uh, this. So I'm going to bring up their show lineup to make sure you guys hear what Philly Sports Alliance has. For me, I run driveway athletes. We, for the most part, do fantasy football. Um, at different times, we talk about wrestling, um, especially old uh, wrestling and old pay-per-views. Uh, we're, we're scheduled to do uh, get back to that and really um, just local sports and sometimes we'll do some rewatch of movies or, or television shows. So if you want to find Driveway Athletes, just go ahead and search it. Uh, it again, you're not, it's not going to be difficult. It's the only one of that name. Um, otherwise, I'm going to bring up that overlay um, to show you what Philly Sports Alliance has. Uh, all right. I guess because I'm the only one on the screen. Let's see here. Okay. Well, I guess I can't do that. So if you go to the Philly Sports Alliance, um, let's see here. Here we go. There we go. If you go to Philly Sports Alliance, you could see uh, any of these live shows. Um, all of them are only broadcast um, at these times. Uh, so... Uh, today is Monday. Later on tonight, 6 p.m., you have football smack talk show. I talked to Ryan very briefly before I went to went live. He was at training camp yesterday, so I'm sure he'll they will be discussing that. Um, tonight at 7.30, the Diamond Club. I'm sure Chris and company have a lot to discuss with the first place Phillies. Uh, while mentioning that, is there a worse sports 
song than Meet the Mets. Ugh, the worst. Um, tomorrow, Philly broadcast, 6.30 p.m. That's a 4 for 4 show. Um, I believe Ryan is one of the co-hosts of that as well. Wednesday, Bald Eagle podcast. Uh, talks Eagles and talks beer. Um, Wednesday, you have Mike Sports. That's at 8 p.m. Thursday, attendees uh, on Patterson. That is the show I do with Chris, who you saw comment, and Paul. And then Thursday at 7 p.m., you have tables, ladders, and chairs. That is as it sounds. Wrestling. Um, a lot going on in the wrestling world. A lot of movement and rosters. Um, I used to be a huge wrestling fan. I haven't watched in a while, but um, they do a good job at, at, at talking and breaking it all down for you and, and talk about what's going on in the state of wrestling. Highly recommend. Obviously, um, you can go to Driveway Athletes, uh, driveway You could check out Fantasy Rankings. There's a rank narrative um, for a ton of players, but they're not. The narrative actually is not about the rank anymore. It's more just about the statistical breakdown of the player. Um, a lot has gone on between the start of the season or preseason. Um, and I had to remove some players and shuffle them around. So I had to remove the rankings just to keep myself sane. Um, but there are ranking sheets. There is a write-up of uh, 36 running backs, 36 receivers, uh, 20 tight ends, 20 quarterbacks. I do not do defenses. Um, there's plenty of spots where you can find that, just not uh, on drivewayathletes.com. Otherwise, guys, I'm debating if I'm going to do this once a week at this time. Uh, it's tough around lunch, but I will maybe be back. Um, I will maybe be back next week. Otherwise, uh, check out the pod. I will definitely be back on the podcast Thursday and Friday uh, with my co-host, Ed. Um, thanks for listening. If you came around this long, um, if you have any questions, feel free to email me at drivewayathletes.com. Visit the Facebook page, driveway athletes. Um, find me on Twitter again at dry. That's at driveway athlete one. Um, and I believe that's all. Oh, and Instagram. <laughs> uh, I do put up clips from the podcast. Uh, we did the top rankings, you know, um, quarterbacks one through 12 tight ends one through 12 uh, running backs and receivers up to 36. Um, the rankings on the website running back and receiver goes to 50 and quarterback and tight end now goes up to 24. So uh, those were my sleeper picks uh, for now. We'll see how much changes come uh, as camp and preseason rolls along. I don't know if you guys realize this, but this past weekend was the last weekend we had without football uh, until basically February. So uh, this is it, guys. We're there. Um, thanks a lot for listening.